from Hollywood, I'm Martin Grove, welcoming you to our Screen Dollars podcast, Box Office Autopsy. Right now, we'll look at the movie marketplace and analyze how things are going and where they're going sharing some opinions from my perspective after decades of talking about Hollywood on CNN Entertainment Tonight and as a Hollywood Reporter columnist. It was a dumbled-down Easter weekend, with Dumbledore opening to less box office energy than exhibitors expected. But the good news is that Dumble's $43 million added to Sonic 2's $30 million for Weekend 2 gave Exhibs $73 million in combined ticket sales. It's encouraging that both films brought families to theaters for the holiday weekend, and that Dumbledore attracted adult women, an audience that's only just returning from being in pandemic retreat. We'll start today by focusing on whether it's time for Warners to put beasts out to pasture, and also look at how the faith-based drama Father Stew opened. Then, in our Oscar outcome feature, we'll look at the sudden lack of any Academy news. The Easter Bunny wound up hopping slower than expected as Warner Brothers and Heyday Films' PG-13 adventure Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore kicked off to $43 million at 4,208 theaters. It missed exhibitor expectations for 52 to $54 million, but it hit the higher end of the media's 35 to $45 million range. Dumbledore reportedly cost $200 million to produce, some of which stemmed from pandemic production delays. Dumbledore's tracking showed its best first choice demo was women over 25, who were nine points over norm. Women under 25 were next best with six points over norm. It didn't help that critics hate Dumbledore, which stars Eddie Redmayne and Jude Law, giving it just 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Its 84% audience score, however, suggests favorable word of mouth. Here's some word of mouth from Eddie Redmayne about his character Newt Scamander. One of the things that I, I love about this film is you finally get to see Newt in his kind of worries at his at his best and happiest, which is out in the wild, tracking creatures. Um, and in this case, it's a very beautiful and extraordinary creature in the wizarding world um, called a chillin'. And it has this mythical status. And so, yeah, you start, the first time you see Newt is in uh, the Tianzi Mountains in China uh, and really kind of putting all his tracking prowess to the... Um, to, to its best use. With Dumbledore's soft launch, the Beasts franchise may now be on the endangered species list. 
whether Warner Brothers' new management will want to stay with the original plan for Five Beasts episodes remains to be seen. The series' second episode, 2018's The Crimes of Grindelwald, showed a slide from the 2016 original Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. The original opened to $74.4 million, and it did $814 million worldwide. Grindelwald kicked off to $62.2 million, and it did $654.9 million globally. Beasts is really Harry Potter minus Harry Potter, which is a big minus for Potter fans. The spin-off franchise also has a laundry list of unhelpful behind-the-scenes issues, including... Co-screenwriter and Potter novelist J.K. Rowling drawing heated criticism for her ongoing comments about sex and gender identity. Then there's the domestic abuse controversy starring Johnny Depp, who played 2018's villain Grindelwald. Warner Brothers recast that role with Mads Mikkelsen, leaving Depp fans unhappy. It also doesn't help that Dumbledore star Ezra Miller made headlines when he was recently arrested in Hawaii for disorderly conduct in a bar, and has also been in the news for reportedly choking a fan and breaking into somebody's hotel room. On the other hand, Dumbledore is doing better overseas. It opened a week earlier in 22 international markets, and now it's widened to 44 markets with a cube just over $150 million, bringing its worldwide total to about $193 million. Paramount and original films Sonic the Hedgehog 2 helped prop up the box office in its second weekend. It was the Easter destination for families with younger kids, bringing in $30 million at 4,258 theaters. Its domestic cum is now nearly $120 million, with about $232 million worldwide. Exit polls showed parents liked Sonic 2 even more than their kids, which is good news. Adults are a better audience since they pay more for their tickets, and they attend weekday evening shows, not just weekend matinees. For many adults, Sonic 2 brings back happy memories of playing the hit Sega video game that inspired this movie. Sony and Palm Drive's faith-based R-rated drama Father Stew, which arrived last Wednesday, opened to $5.7 million, with $8 million for five days at 2,705 theaters. That was a little better than the 4 to $6 million for five days that exhibitors had predicted. Critics were no help with 42% on Rotten Tomatoes, but audiences scored it way higher at 95%. Faith-based films tend to arrive under the media radar, and sometimes they overperform, but the R rating here didn't help this true redemption story of boxer-turned-priest Father Stuart Long, played by Mark Wahlberg. 
Next weekend's three wide openings should send adults and families to cinemas and add up to an okay weekend for exhibitors. It's the family appeal PG animated comedy adventure, The Bad Guys, from Universal and DreamWorks Animation that's tracking best. Here's a quick preview to see if you agree bad's good. Hey you! Yeah, you. Come over here. As we all know, the perfect job requires the perfect plan. And it's not just about elaborate heist, nabbing jewelry, or stealing hearts. Do not Clooney me, Wolf. A good plan can get you anything, even a great movie. First, you need great source material, like a charming Australian book series as your blueprint. Next, you must gather the perfect crew, a dream team in production, story development, and animation. Then, you gotta get a really talented and good-looking cast. Oh, stop making me blush! Then start sketching, animating, recording, refining, tweaking, and perfecting until voila! You burst onto the big screen. Tires squealing, money flying, police lights flashing, crowds cheering, it's the bad guys! Cool! Sorry, I got a bit carried away there. See how this impeccable plan brought our movie The Bad Guys to life when it hits theaters. We may be bad, but we're so good at it. The bad guy's strongest definite interest is from women under 25. They're six points over norm and definitely a great audience to appeal to. Also, April 22nd is Lionsgate's R-rated action drama The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nicolas Cage. After this scene, you'll know if it's a must-see heavyweight. All right. All right. I get it. You're making this up? What is this, like a, a little um, Stanislavski improv thing? Well, you can stop. Stanislavski, is he part of the resistance? Stop! I am your guest! Gabriella ripped the bedspread off me this morning. Now you're sending me on like a wild goose chase! I'm sorry, but you can't quit acting. You can't! That's none of your business. Whether you like it or not, you have a gift. And that gift brings light and joy to an increasingly dark and broken world and to turn your back on that gift is to turn your back on the en entire human race human race i'm afraid so unbearable's best definite interest tracking is as you'd expect from men over 25 but they're just two points over norm also opening is Focus Features and New Regency's R-rated action drama The Northman, starring Alexander Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman. Its best definite interest tracking is from men over 25 who are nine points over norm, which gives it an edge competing for older guys with Unbearable. None of these newcomers will make the kind of impact to go into box office record books, but on the horizon there is a film that should do exactly that. Disney and Marvel's PG-13 Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, opening May 6th. Doctor Strange needs no introduction, but here's a quick look at what to expect. I did what I had to do our world it's pretty unfathomably exciting where we're going in this film it's the most fantastic new phase of marvel what do you know about the multiverse 
Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. In this story, we are leaping into different universes. But unlocking the multiverse creates a big Pandora's box. You opened the doorway, and we don't know who or what will walk through it. We're in unknown territory. I think audiences are going to be startled. These other realities invite a clatter of all these new characters. Telling the stories was such a gigantic endeavor. It had to be large because it had to not only paint a picture of our universe, but of multiple universes. We need your help. It was a great opportunity to pair two of the most powerful superheroes together. It's got a sort of darker tone to it. And with Sam Raimi at the helm, he's a master of that. We wanted the fans to go, oh, how cool. I mean, that really was our goal. We wanted to give the fans what they wanted, just not exactly what they expected. The stakes are real. He's literally coming up against versions of himself. Things just got out of hand. Three weeks out, the average first choice tracking for Doctor Strange is nearly six times the norm. So be sure to buy your tickets early. Now, let's crank up our Oscar outcome spotlight to see what's happening on the Academy front. In a word, nothing. Or at least that's what they'd like us to think. But that doesn't seem plausible, given the 94th Oscars dismal ratings, and with Academy members being unhappy, to put it mildly, with the Academy's mild punishment of Will Smith for smacking Chris Rock live on stage. Just how divisive the Board of Governors' soft response to Smith was emerged in a recent Hollywood Reporter feature quoting many Academy members on the subject. Not everyone was critical of the 54 governor's decision, but most of them didn't like it. That said, it seems a safe bet that behind closed doors, the Academy's talking about this. As to those soft Oscar ratings, it's an even safer bet there'll be a topic of discussion going forward. ABC will likely want suggestions for boosting Oscar's audience. Just to get the conversation going, let's float the idea of nominating a few films for Best Picture that people who pay to go to the movies have actually seen. That's it for now, but we'll be back next week on Box Office Autopsy to discuss the openings and to check out how Dumbledore holds up. We'll also keep our Oscar outcome spotlight shining. Please join us again then, and as always, thanks very much for listening. Time now for our film flashback look at what was happening in Hollywood right around now, way back then. Let's set today's time travel dial for April 22nd, 2019. 
With the pandemic winding down and moviegoers back in theaters, we're seeing big grosses again. But looking back at Avengers Endgame, which premiered in LA April 22, 2019, and then opened to $357 million, it shows how times have changed. Disney Marvel's Endgame ticket sales certainly weren't typical for their day, but its box office impact left Hollywood thinking the sky was indeed the limit to what a film could gross that delivered what moviegoers really wanted to see. Now, with Disney Marvel's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness tracking through the roof, there's hope it will arrive May 6th in line with Sony Marvel's $260 million opening of Spider-Man No Way Home last December. Endgame's domestic impact began even before its phenomenal debut. As soon as Fandango and Adam Tickets started selling seats, it became their biggest pre-sale title ever and crashed both websites. With so many sold-out shows, AMC, Regal, and Cinemark quickly added overnight screenings to accommodate moviegoer demand. Endgame, which reportedly cost $350 to $400 million to produce, hit $2.790 billion worldwide in July 2019. It became the all-time top-grossing movie, not adjusted for inflation, by edging past 20th Century Fox's 2009 epic Avatar with $2.789 billion. After a re-release in China, Avatar regained the box office crown in March 2021. Today, with $2.847 billion, it's slightly ahead of Endgame's $2.798 billion. Originally, Endgame was to be called Avengers Infinity War Part 2 and 2018's Avengers Infinity War was to be Avengers Infinity War Part 1. Both films were to be directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, but they told different stories. Marvel decided to give them their own identities, according to Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, because despite their shared elements, he didn't feel they were, quote, one story that's cut in half, I would say it's going to be two distinct movies, unquote. The film's first trailer, released December 7, 2018, made it official that Endgame was the title. The studio made the most of it by calling that trailer Marvel Studios' Avengers' official trailer without actually mentioning the title, so as to surprise fans by revealing Endgame at the very end. Endgame's domestic release date was to have been May 3rd, but it was moved to April 26th, just as Marvel had done with Infinity War, which opened April 27th, 2018. Those date changes reportedly were meant to keep storyline points from leaking after earlier international showings. And 
that's it for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another box office autopsy next week. In Hollywood for Screen Dollars, I'm Martin Grove.